Hey guys, Ben here from Comic Comedians. I just wanted to tell you guys about the best podcasting program there is called Anchor. Anchor is literally the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Comic Comedians, the only show where Mr. Fantastic does not lie. He just stretches the truth. Today, my guest is Tom Tormery. Did I say that correctly? Uh, Tom Tormey. Tom Tormey. I'm sorry. I told you I'm terrible at this. It's all right. Uh, Don't sweat it. (laughs) But you basically, you're like what, a comic like historian? Uh, informally, yeah. There's no like uh, credential. I I got my master's degree uh, at Brooklyn College uh, by writing about Superman comic books. I uh, I wrote a 70 page thesis paper on Superman back in uh, 2003. So you know, really before comics had re-entered or uh, the kind of the mainstream, you know. So uh, yeah. Okay. Well, we're gonna be talking about a whole bunch of stuff and more, but let's jump into that title sequence right now. You said you wrote a 70-page paper about just Superman? I, I wrote a paper about how to use Superman comics in the classroom uh, as to study history, uh, as Superman comics as a primary source about different historical periods. I, I went from 39, excuse me, 38 to uh, about 1972. Uh, so I went from Siegel and Schuster to uh, O'Neill and uh, Denny O'Neill, you know, about that time period. Neil yeah. Adams, Denny O'Neill. Yeah, rest in peace, Mr. O'Neill. Just right, right. passed away, no didn't he? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I was trying to show, pretty much I was trying to show the academic growth, and I had a hard time pushing the thesis. A lot of my advisors really were going for things like Civil War, cover uh, cover Lincoln, cover Kennedy. Um, and uh, they still say, you know, if you want to make some money in the world of history, you got to write about either one of those two guys or World War II. And uh I was looking to do something with my own passion. I, I've always enjoyed comic books. Uh, I've never quite understood why uh, it, comic books were looked down on. I mean, we, we study cave art. You know, we look at art going back for millennia and uh, we love the written word and we celebrate it. You know, uh, whether it was the hieroglyphs or the cuneiform or the Sumerians or the Egyptians, we go all the way back and we study that stuff and we love it. Uh, you know, the, the Greek, uh, uh, Greeks produced the Odyssey, the you know Odyssey, and we we still study almost every word of it. Yet when it comes to a uniquely American form of literature, the comic book, uh, it's always frowned upon. You know whether it's a ten cent plague or some kind of juvenile passing fad, we look down on it. We haven't really celebrated it in our culture. Now we're celebrating it. And, uh, you know, I'd probably say the last uh, at least. Uh, 20 years i'd probably say even starting well i mean you know superman had his hate uh, had we had the fantastic christopher reeve movie in 1978 uh and then you know the subsequent sequels that followed really wouldn't you know wouldn't you would i wouldn't say they solidified comics in the mainstream uh they probably only further the gap uh you know uh we had batman in 89 uh and batmania took over the globe uh and that was fantastic that was great for the comic book industry uh, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but then the '90s hit us like a cannon. You know, uh, the 
the, between the death of Superman, between the Clone Saga, all these things that really the start of uh, Image Comics, right? The start of Image Comics, right? Oh, I mean, how cool was that to see uh, uh, Rob Liefeld on a Levi Strauss commercial in the '90s? You know, right? Uh, all these celebrities. You have Mark Wahlberg uh, selling Calvin Klein, and there you have um, Rob Liefeld on on a, on a Levi Strauss ad. I mean, it doesn't get cooler than that. Of course, it was the whole. Uh, but my fly thing. So we'll kind of overlook that, you know, that was a, but uh, that's not, the, that's not something we talk about. Um, well, I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I mean, I was born in 98. So, oh, like, okay. so throughout all these years, like, like everything you're talking about, this is all like literally something like this is the past to me. Right. Like, I mean, you lived it. However, I, I, mean, yeah. I, I was like, I was not even born yet, but I, I, I was, I'm for, I just turned 42. So, oh, well, uh, I don't see age, so don't worry about it. Oh, that's good. Well, you know. <laughs> But uh, with I, was that. Thinking, I was like, I was thinking about it. I was like, the way I got into comic books is actually pretty interesting. Like, I've always been into comic books, like into superheroes. But I remember it was the first Iron Man movie. Like, I remember. But right. before that, you know, Spider-Man, Sam Raimi, Spider-Man. I used to watch those movies all day long. So if it weren't for those movies, I probably wouldn't even be doing what I'm doing today. And yeah. I, yeah. I take such passion and pride into these these projects. So what got you into comic books as a child? Uh, my dad. Uh my father um, used to go out every Saturday night, uh, drive a couple of miles from where we lived. There's nothing really close to us. Uh, uh, I'm in Queens, New York. And he would drive uh, about seven miles, go to the newsstand, pick up the uh, early edition of the Sunday paper and bring home uh, a comic book and uh, uh, Three Musketeers. I probably could have done without the Three Musketeers, but the <laughs> comic book is something I couldn't have done without. And he he would pick up anything on the stands. Usually he would pick up for me, uh, uh, Archie comic books. And, uh, I think, uh, I was about eight or so, uh, maybe a little older when Archie started to produce the, uh, like the Ninja Turtles line of comic books. Those, he, right. he, he would always get those for me. Those were my favorites. I love those. I remember him bringing home the first issue and I thought I had found gold, you know, I just was just so fun. Um, I've always been a cartoon fan. My oldest brother, um, I have two older brothers and blessed with two older brothers. And one of them is a gigantic comic book fan. Um, and he has taught me, uh, you know, so my dad introduced me to the, the mainstream stuff that you would get on the, on the shelves. And then my brother introduced me to things like Lone Wolf and Cub or Judge Dredd, but things I would never have seen uh, in a, com uh, in a uh, you know, in the local deli. So those right. are two, my two primary. And I always say that my father, my, who is, he's, um, God bless him. He's, he's still going strong in his 80s. And he was born uh, in June of 1938, same year and month that Superman came out. So he's like my That's own crazy. personal Superman. Yeah. He's the same age as Superman. Same age. And he's he's my Superman. So uh, I always tell people that, uh, that that's a big factor in my life, you know, but my family was definitely the one who uh, the family was definitely the people who turned me out to comic books. That's crazy. You know, I when I like for me, like I didn't start collecting until after high school. Like okay. I did, like I started collecting like like seriously like I had like a couple of comic books but besides that I didn't really collect. But right. when I was ten years old, the 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 movie Iron Man came out in two thousand eight. I was about ten years old at the time, and I was my dad knew I loved that movie so much that he bought me the Invincible Iron Man omnibus because oh, sure. we lived in Japan at the time and we had an eleven hour flight home. So he wanted to get me a book to read on the plane. I knew I know for a fact he had no idea what he was doing, but you know. For a first comic book, that was probably one of the best decisions. Oh yeah, 
Definitely. Those omnibuses are, are they're, uh, they're they're beautiful. First of all, I I, I do I, I listened to some of your previous episodes. I think you mentioned that your father was in the Navy. Yes, he was thirty uh, years. Very cool. Well, th- make sure to thank him for his service. Um, oh yeah, of course. I always do. Family. I do my best to at least. Right. So uh, <laughs> you know what? And he, you said you he, you weren't he wasn't really sure what he was doing. That pretty much describes all fathers in a nutshell, right? They don't we don't know what we're doing, but we hope we're doing what's best for our children. And yeah. I think your father he, he made a right choice. He picked you up something that turned out that it would be a big passion of yours. And that's the great thing about those movies is that the, just like uh, I, I've been teaching history for 20 years and uh, those movies are uh, like, if you watch a history movie or you might watch uh, The Patriot or you might watch Braveheart or uh, I'm, well, right. they both happen to be Mel Gibson movies, but still you watch <laughs> them and you say, you know what? Uh, no, they're not historically accurate at all, you know? But they are sure uh, a gateway into history. Uh, you might ask, you might be inspired to, look up uh, other aspects of that character to see where the history and the entertainment differ. Same thing with you. Uh, you were inspired by the movie to go pick up the comic books. And uh, the comic industry is aware of that. I, I don't know the publishing date of the Iron Man omnibus, but I would imagine that at least one of them was going to be published around the release date of the film. It's good business on that part. And it, you know, it's great entertainment for us. Uh, and it's also you know, great for your buck too. Getting the omnibus is much easier than trying to collect I see you have a beautiful collection on your wall back there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do. Most I mean, of those are signed. So. Yeah, I mean, you must be proud of that. I'm, I'm sure your dad's proud of you as well. So. Oh, yeah, uh, definitely. It, that's, it's, that, that wall right there is evident of uh, the relationship that you and your father have. That's a great thing. Yeah. You know, my dad, he, he does try, he tries, you know, like I like it when he tries to learn these movies. Like I remember he came home right after Thor Ragnarok, him and my sister went to go see it because I, I went to go see it first day, obviously. Sure. Him and my sister went to go see it and he came home and he was like, Ben, I got a question. I was like, what's up? He's like the ending of the movie. There was a big ship. I whose ship? I was like, that's Thanos dad. Oh, right, right. <laughs> I was like, that's Thanos. Yeah. Who's that? I was like, you'll see. You'll see who Thanos is. I, I brought all my students to go see uh, Endgame when it came out. And I can only that's imagine true. some of them were going, I have no idea who these people are. Really? Uh, yeah, I'm sure just because you had to have the culmination of all the, uh, the different phases of the MCU. Uh, yeah. I'm sure not all of them were well versed in it, you know. But I mean, it's such great entertainment, isn't it? You know. Yeah, and like I remember when right before Endgame came out, there I was at a Walmart and I was sitting, I was sitting, and I was like looking for a movie to watch for that night. I was looking in the five dollar bin, and this these two girls they came up and they were like, "Oh, here's the first." They pick up the first Avengers movie, and then they go, "Oh, we got to get this so that way we're ready for Endgame." I'm like, "Oh gosh, no, no." I had I had to say something. I was like, I picked up Civil War. And then I picked up Ragnarok and I said, watch these two, yeah. then you're ready for Endgame. That's that's the nerd. And then Infinity burden, War, you know? obviously. It's the burden of the nerd when people say things like that and you wanna you wanna bite your tongue because you don't want to get involved in a stranger's conversation, but at the same time, you it have to the let them know that Bruce Wayne is not <laughs> Iron Man. You know, you gotta you want listen, you gotta understand, you know. Uh it's our burden, but it's a blessing because you know, we know so much about this stuff. Oh yeah, and that, that that's what I like about it. It's like you know, it's like, oh, you have your car pulled over. Well, I know a lot about Iron Man, so I can tell you about that. Um, but right, right, tire right. change, no, I, I can't do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I always tell people I want to get my doctorate in history just so uh, when someone's in medical distress, I could, I, I could tell them about the history of medicine, not necessarily. Yeah, no, no, no. When, you, when you get your doctorate, I will, I will get you a t-shirt that says the professional. 
Nice, nice. Thank you. Because I'm, I'm, that's literally what you do. You are a professional nerd. Is that a safe? Is that a safe thing to say? I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, I, I have been trying to expand my hobby. Uh, um, I don't pay for anything uh, in terms of uh, the social media services. I, I I've maintained uh, that once I start paying for things, uh, it goes from being a hobby to being uh, a career, and uh, I do enjoy it as a hobby. It's real straightforward. I've been trying to kind of. Uh, uh, expand into other social media platforms. I just joined TikTok, which uh, yep. um, is a lot of fun. Um, and I'm, I'm doing pretty well on there pretty quickly. I think I've only been on for like a month and uh, got close to a, a thousand followers and about 50,000 likes, which is- Yeah, uh, I was looking through your TikTok the other day and I noticed that a lot of your videos, they get like 5,000 views, 5,000 likes. I mean, like right. 13,000 views, yet you have only 800 followers. I was like, that is- I don't know. I don't know how this stuff works, man. I, I wish no, it would usually just... people would like follow when they see something they like. Yeah, I don't know. You know what? My, my logic about that is that I'd like to think that my posts are, even though they're all comic centered, they are generally very things. One day I'm covering a superhero. The next day I'm covering uh, uh, a different period of history. Uh, you know, whatever it may be. I'd like to think that's it. Uh, I, I'm not sure, but I appreciate that. That's a very kind thing for you to say. I, I have the same experience on Instagram where uh, what, like some of my posts get 5,000 likes. And uh, I, I've been, this is about uh, two years that I've been on Instagram. Oh, wow. Uh, that's, imp- that's actually really impressive. Like I'm still, tra- I'm still growing my Instagram. My, my TikTok grew pretty quickly. You know, I'm yeah, yeah, I saw that. That was very impressive. can't wait to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get there someday, but I'm working on it. Right. But you know, like I, the, the TikTok world is so amazing. Like, I think I've met some of my best friends through TikTok, you know, oh, very had, cool. like, on this podcast, on this very podcast, I've had people and my next series, I'm going to be watching all the Star Wars movies with a bunch of TikTokers nice. and we're going to review them. You know, that's what we plan on doing next. That's so good. I, I love that the TikTok is like, it's becoming Instagram. It's becoming the next Instagram. Right. You know, I've noticed there's a lot of cosplayers on TikTok now. There's a lot of comic nerds. There's a lot of yeah. reviewers. It's basically YouTube and Instagram put together, and that's what. Oh we're yeah. Doing. Uh, you know what? I I I got to tell you, I I have never cosplayed, but I absolutely think it's fantastic. I mean, I I I've been going to comic cons and festivals uh, yep. for a long time, and uh, that's always one of my favorite things is to see people kind of. Uh, literally wearing their passion on the sleeve. Uh, and it so takes such effort and such uh, uh, commitment that oh, you yeah. have to really respect that as a legitimate art form. It's really- If you were to ever cosplay, who would you do it as though? You know, the problem is I'm a big guy. So whoever I cosplay, of, I'm just a fat version of that person. <laughs> uh, I like, oh, look, it's fat Superman. Oh, it's fat Batman. Uh, yeah. uh, but- uh, uh, you know what? Who I who played the yeah Val Kilmer Batman? You could do that. I could do the yeah. Like, I'll now Val Kilmer. Right? <laughs> Val Kilmer now. Like, right. Um, but uh, I I would love to go as Kingpin. You know, I think Kingpin. Uh, I could pull off Kingpin. Shave I my think, head. Yeah, shave. I see it. I can yeah. see it. A little get myself a white suit. I don't think I could pull off a white suit, but damn it, I'll try. Right. Uh, that would be a good. Like, one. Have you heard about these fan films? What What do you think about fan films that are coming out? Lately? You know what? I I think fan. I I've seen a lot of fan films. I love watching the Batman ones. I remember years ago, uh, before YouTube was even. Was that true? Before YouTube, I'm not even sure. But they had this one with uh, Walter Koenig's son from Star Trek. Uh, he's since passed away, but he he made this great. Uh, well, he starred in uh, as the Joker. This great Batman film, and I just absolutely love him. I I, I think you know. Uh, Again, kind of the way cosplay works, you know, just uh, an extension of your passion. 
Yeah. Uh, I would imagine that DC and uh, all the other major companies would encourage this because uh, it's it just, it's just a, a great way to show your fan support, you know, I, right. I, I getting them on YouTube. Uh, that's, that's, that's uh, so easy. Now I remember you having to have to go to conventions and buy the VHS tapes off people for like 20 bucks. Uh, and now I, now I can watch the whole, uh, uh, any fan-made film. Uh, I've been watching, I've seen a lot of front of their teeth ones, uh, I guess recently, because that just recently happened, but right. there's some excellent ones of that. Uh, Michael Myers versus Jason. I don't know if you saw that one. That was. A really I have one. seen that, but oh. I'm, I'm going to let the viewers know for some of those who don't know what a VHS is. Those are old timey uh-huh. DVDs and DVDs are old timey Blu-rays. Just thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Got to make sure you tell. I mean, I had like, maybe like I, I had the old star Wars movies on VHS. So I do know what a VHS is. And, and Blu-rays are the things before digital streaming. Oh yeah. Yeah. Thank so, you. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. I forget. And, I, and, and digital streaming is before they holographically inserted the image in your head. Those are for the viewers in the future. Yeah, that's right. Just in case you're watching <laughs> ten years from now. Just, just in, in case, case this goes down in comic comedy history. There you go. Yes. So, cosmic comic comics. That, yeah, that is cosmic comic history. It is the hardest name to say. Uh, I originally had uh, the comic historian as my name, but many people pointed out very quickly that there is a comic historian, a, a very successful. Uh, he's on YouTube. He's everywhere. Just fantastic. Love Benny. How how, how love anyone love would confuse the two of us? I have no idea. But I changed it. Uh, I was going for a little alliteration, and in turn, I've made it just the hardest tongue twister. Name in the world. Yeah. So now I just say CCH. Uh, it, it's the like the short version of it to 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 avoid the confusion. But I I don't know anyone who said cosmic comic history right the first time. It does not cosmic roll off comic the history. Yeah. yeah, it's a mouthful. Definitely. So I, what, I love it. What, what, I, what is it exactly? It's just your brand or like? Uh, well, um, yeah, I guess that's my social media presence, right? I I, uh, I started, uh, I think I started November 28th, uh, uh, 2018. So this, this November 28th will be my two year anniversary of doing it. And uh, I, I've always had a passion for comics. Whenever I, whenever I go to a party or a function and someone would bring up some kind of pop culture or comic culture reference. I, I would spew forth geekiness from my mouth and I figured, you know, right, right. And I, I figured, you know, if they're not really receptive to it, let me find an audience that is. So let me just share my passion with people who are like-minded. And that was the entire purpose of it. The entire purpose was I need a healthy hobby. I have this uh, passion that I'd like to share and this is how I'm going to do it. Yeah, that reminds me of this, uh, actually, a TikTok that I saw today. There was this one, it was like, it was like, there was this girl, there's a trend going around, like, tell us about your toxic fandom story, right? And there was this guy who was like, well, it's not really a toxic fandom thing, but it's something that has to be addressed. Basically, he wore a superhero t-shirt to a party, right? And this girl came up to him and kept having to say, oh, I know all about this and this and this, and like, like trying to prove herself to him. He said, I'm not going to quiz you, is what he said. And he said that the weight just lifted off of her. Yes, yes, right. And I was just like, wow. And that, right. that's something that I was like, wow. I, mean, I never really thought about it that way. But then I thought about, I used to work at a comic book store. And there'd be people that are 40, 50 years old. They'd come in, they see a 20-year-old kid sitting behind the counter. Guess who has to get tested? Of course. And they, they, they have pop quizzes on, on TikTok all the time. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. And then everybody goes, how do you know all this? I was like, because I was quizzed every day of my life. That's fantastic. 
Yeah, so uh, I, I think it's great that we we are able to talk about stuff like this now. Right. I mean, these outlets didn't exist 20 years ago for people like us. Uh, you know, that uh, some people will uh, decry public, uh, what do you call this, uh, social media as a, a public menace. But to me, it's it's a great outlet. You know, uh, it's a healthy way to express yourself. Uh, I, I, I agree with that person who uh, posted that TikTok because uh, as a history teacher, as uh, soon as people find out I'm a history teacher, it, it becomes, do you know about this event at this time in this place? And it really is, uh, it's almost, you can almost see the disappointment in their face when you have to explain to them that you are not knowledgeable about every moment of time that has occurred um, in the same way that, you you know, people like, sometimes- February 18th, what did Napoleon have for lunch? You right, know? right. And, <laughs> and when you don't know, it's almost like, oh, you don't know. You said you were an expert and you did. said you were an know. expert. Right. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. And yeah. I feel, honestly, I feel like women get it the hardest now, especially in Star Wars, because mm-hmm. I have lots of friends in the Star Wars community. I, I don't know how big you are in the Star Wars. Obviously, I can tell you're a DC comic fan from, from yeah, but like the Star Wars fandom. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's great that more women are getting into comic books. People like Gail right. Simone really did that stepping stone for it, if I would say. I agree with you 100%. I covered uh, Gail Simone and the way she really tackled the way uh, women are inequitably represented in the comics, uh, everything from the concept of women in refrigerators to just their use as tools or plot devices rather than strong characters. And, uh, you know, it's great to see that not only are women uh, getting their just uh, representation in comics, both uh, on the page with uh, with uh, different female characters, but also behind the scenes as well, you know? Yeah, and for my female viewers, if you haven't read anything from Gail Simone, I would totally recommend, like, her Wonder Woman line. Didn't she do a Wonder Woman line? She did, yeah. She yeah, did. I would recommend that one, her Wonder Woman Conan line. I actually really liked. I love yeah. that one. So, yeah, she she's fantastic. Yes, <laughs> and that, so that, with the writers that are coming out today, like, t- writers like Tom Taylor and scott snyder mm-hmm. i was thinking about it i was just like you know i don't think they would be able to be big when the comics code was around uh no i doubt it right i mean these these are you pick up a book today and you you can flip two pages into it and say oh this one the float uh this one was made it to print uh 30 years ago uh, like the first panel would have said it wouldn't make it to print <laughs> right i mean uh but i i will say that uh i i am a little nervous about dc comics as of late uh, exactly. with the way uh with the way AT&T kind of treats uh Warner uh, well you know AT&T AT&T is the parent company of Warner and yeah. Warner being the parent company of DC the, the big purges that took place over the summer with all those amazing artists and writers being fired yeah. and now uh there are rumors going around that uh, this could be DC on its final leg uh, so i i mean I know they do value the merchandising. I do. I know they do value the films, but I, I do not think that they value the comic books. Uh, and I'm a little nervous to see where they go with it. Well, uh, you I, know, I, I think the problem with them, like when they fired all those artists, I think the problem is, is that they're not selling the books. And it's not because they can't sell the books. Their stories are amazing. It's right. because of people online you know, downloading comic books. That's, I feel like that's the actual problem. Like I remember when I worked at a comic book store, there'd be people that would come in all the time and be like, do you know where I can download comic books? And I go, I do, but I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. Well, that's a big problem too. I mean, uh, with pirating and bootlegging, uh, the, the industry is taking a big hit from that. If, if I could scan a book 
if I could reach behind me and scan one of these books and put it online and not have to worry about really any retribution coming my way, uh, you're going to have these big sites that are doing it too. So the Comixology and the, the DC Universe uh, the app, uh, I think they're calling it DC Universe Infinite now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, th- those, those I-, I can't imagine. I don't think DC Universe Infinite is going to last another year. Uh, they took away the original program and gave it to HBO Max. And yeah. I just don't think the market is out there. Uh, yeah. The kind of people that can want to access the digital copies of books can find cheaper uh, alternatives, unfortunately. And the big problem is, you know, uh, and uh, you said you were born in 98. You, you, were, you, you came uh, into this world a little bit after the whole, uh, uh, we talked about the DC purge that happened this summer, but the, the local comic book shop purge that occurred uh, in the nineties, you know, and, and I've heard I'm about a big it. fan of Superman, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to blame him for this. Uh, after that death of Superman. And I remember looking at the news and watching a line of people around Times Square from Midtown Comics, uh, looking to get their hands on stacks of the death of Superman storyline, thinking they were going to put their kids through college with it. And uh, not realizing, of course, that if you're buying a stack of it and the person behind you buying a stack of it, they're not going to be worth the printed cover price, you know? Right. And then you feel betrayed six months later when he when he comes back. Right. Which was always the plan anyway. Yeah. I mean, every everyone in the books knew that less, you know, a year later that he'd be back in. You're not killing off. Uh, I think everybody died in the 90s at least once, uh, if not in the most horrific ways possible. But uh, well, comics you know, I, I do feel bad. For, I'm sorry. <laughs> comics code was listed. So. Right. I, I do feel well, they, they had to they had to they had to get grim gritty extreme you know all the words that you want to toss around in the 90s alan moore style up in here right right you know that was a blessing and a curse too in a different way I, and i've always told people that um and i'm always the bad guy when i say this to comic book fans but i did not enjoy and i was i actually i did my first live stream is that what you call it i did my yeah. first live yeah, stream on instagram on instagram last night and this is something that came up i was discussing the batman animated films uh i hated the Batman uh, Killing Joke animated movie. I just it was terrible. Uh, I hated. What about what the, it? Did you not like? Um, I well, it, it also goes back to I did not like the uh, the book either. Uh, okay. I, I was not a fan of the Killing Joke, and I know this. Uh, I, I'm a very, uh, but I'm vocal about it. But I'm in the minority. But I'm vocal about it. I just thought that the Killing Joke <clears throat> uh, forced this grim and grittiness, uh, like its popularity. Now I'm not blaming the individual book, but the sale of it and, and the general universal acceptance created this kind of grim and gritty. Like when I read The Killing Joke, I assumed that it happened outside of the DC proper. Yeah. Uh, and I remember even years ago thinking that and to know that it put Barbara Gordon in a wheelchair for like 20 years, you know, uh, that, uh, that people were still beholden to its interpretation of who the Joker was the just the grimness of it the darkness of it there, there was no i mean it even ends on this uh, ambiguous dark note and um you know that's not that's not how i like my not to say that i i not to say that uh, i don't i really don't want my comics to go the other way either right uh, you know I, I did enjoy the adam west batman 66 series but i i don't i don't, I don't want campiness too much either uh you but don't want I, it to be too dark. You don't want it to be too bright either, right? right. I mean, we, we do look at these guys, and, and this is this is partly me, the teacher, talking, is that we do look at these characters as 
our American mythology. And if right. they are, you know, and, and it's reading comic books to me, and I'm sure it has been for you and many, many people out there, a very healthy form of escapism. You know, some people turn to alcohol and drugs. Uh, we've turned to the printed comic and we had a great time doing it. And that was our escape. And if the comics are grimmer than reality, then I think, um, I think we lose a little bit of the meaning of the characters. You know, they, they you know, uh, uh, you know, real, real, real people uh, sometimes let us down, you know, uh, like those, the celebrities we look up to, they, you know, sometimes you find out, oh, this person isn't who I thought they were, but Superman should be who, whoever we think he should be. And that's the great thing about that yeah. mythology. You know, he should be a reflection of uh, our hopes and our dreams. And uh, when it's, when, Especially when the world dream- looks like Homelander right now. You know? <laughs> right, right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it, it shouldn't be, uh, I mean, listen, I, I actually have not watched The Boys yet. Uh, I, I do have to, and I have Amazon Prime too. Really and I, I know, I can't believe I'm two seasons behind on a comic book themed show. I'm really disappointed in myself. I would say it is the best comic book show out there. Right oh, now. wow. Yeah, that's, I that's- will- the CW has nothing on this show. Oh, yeah, sure. This, listen, I, I tell people all the time, I wa- I'll watch every episode of the CW shows. Do I like them? Half the time I don't, uh, yeah, but I no, will watch I, I laugh because they're basically soap operas with superheroes. I know. I know. <laughs> what I say. I came back for Crisis on Infinite Earths. They mentioned the island. We all did a big, uh, and then we, we finished right. Crisis, and then we went home. I can't tell you how many times I've watched that Flash meets Flash scene from Crisis. I mean, Which I remember <laughs> feeling like a schoolgirl when we had uh, the Ezra Miller Flash meet yes. the Grant Gustin Flash. Is it was Grant Gustin? Yes. Uh, I, I mean, I, I squealed like a little girl when I saw it. I, did, you I, hear, I, did you hear about what uh, Jim Lee said about that scene? Oh, gosh, no. Jim Lee said Ezra Miller's Flash didn't have a name until after that episode. That's how he oh, found yes. out his name was The Flash. So they so that's yeah I heard that and that's awesome they're gonna I, I thought you were gonna say something negative oh no, uh, no, no no like like oh my gosh they like Ezra Miller hated doing because I remember reading too that Ezra was like a big fan of it he really wanted to do it uh, oh, yeah 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 so see that's what I mean that's that's that brightness that coolness that that's the kind of stuff I love about it. but that's awesome so that means that when we do eventually see a Flash movie maybe thirty years from now at this rate <laughs> right uh, you know, they, they'll they'll that'll that'll be in continuity that'll be awesome. Yes, all they gotta do is mention Grant Gust or the in or Grant Gust just be in the DCEU, so that way it's tied on both ends. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he'll pop up in the movie. That'll be a great little uh, I mean, thing. they already got Michael Keaton back on the line and oh, Ben Affleck. That's my Batman there, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I really want a Batman Beyond series with Michael Keaton. Oh, that would be great. I would love that. I yeah, would he, he he's such such a gifted actor. He could I mean, uh, you know, just even watching him uh the last movie I saw him in was probably the Spider-Man movie, you know, uh, Spider-Man uh, Homecoming. Homecoming. Yeah. And uh, just the subtlety, you know, just the, the way he lifts an eyebrow when you know that he now knows that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. When he, when he, that clicks in his head and you say, wow, he's so talented. Uh, he, he is, I mean, that, that is, I was what, 11 when that Batman movie came out. Batmania swept the globe. I was swept up in it. I had all the trading cards all the shirts, the tie-in comics. I, I, you know, might as well have been running around in a cape and cowl. Uh, that, that to me, I still, and I always tell people, my, my older brother took my brother and I to go see uh, Batman, I think at the Fort Wade Theater in Brooklyn. It's long gone now, but uh, we, just the audience 
erupting in cheers when the Batmobile was de- debuted on the screen. You know, uh, that that was such great memories of that. Uh, so I, I do hope that we do see a Batman Beyond with him. And I would love, I can't wait to see him in the flash. I hope he takes on like a mentor. I think he signed a multi-contract deal, right? A multi-film deal. Uh, I believe he builds the flash a new suit. Oh, that's good. So it won't look like this. It's rumored that there is going to be a Batman Beyond series on HBO max. So Mm. maybe. But that's a rumor. So I don't, I don't, I'm not confirming that. (laughs) Batman Beyond. uh, Yeah. I mean, you can't do it now because you're going to look like a Johnny come lately, but Batman beyond would be, look good in, in an animation style similar to Spider-Man, but they did. I think they copyrighted that. So that's not happening, but. Right. Uh, and but, I, I love the animated series as it is, you know, Kevin Conroy is mm-hmm. my Batman. I will always say Kevin Conroy is the best Batman. I, I don't think they did justice by him on that crisis. Uh, episode. Oh yeah. No, I, but I feel like he could play Bruce Wayne. Like he, cause he kind of has like that suave. Right. That shows that he is he he he's sophisticated. Like I think they said when they casted him, they wanted some they wanted Batman to be sophisticated, but also sound sexy at the same time. And I was like, yeah, that's that's Kevin. They nailed it with him. <laughs> that, that is a sexy voice. I'll tell you that, that is. You know, and when I read Batman books, I uh, read Lucius oh. Fox as uh, as Morgan Freeman, yeah. and Batman as Kevin Conroy. So it's. Just I, like, I say the same thing. That Kevin Conroy is my Batman voice. I know a lot of people do the Christian Bale, but uh, I, I, I recommend the, the video. Uh, there's this podcast called Talking Tunes. They did a YouTube video of Kevin Conroy actually reading Christian Bale's Batman. Uh, and I watched it and I was like, I want this whole movie dubbed. I'll send you a link to it after this. That'd be great. And you know what? I, I, the second you said that, I was thinking the same thing. It'd be great if he dubbed the whole movie. I, I would really, really enjoy it. It is insane. Like it, it's a totally. And then I show people that, and they go, "What's the difference?" And I was like, "Okay, let me." I'm not. I'm not the hero that got the visitors. Yeah, yeah. And then they're like, "Oh, now I see the difference." I was like, "Yeah, right. That's the voice you want for Batman." I, I tell you, the the scene that takes. I mean, Dark Knight is just from beginning to end a beautiful movie. But oh yeah, the scene that really takes me out of it is when he's talking to the Joker and he's trying to do the deep voice, but it almost sounds like he's completely out of breath. You know the city. You're right. Wouldn't be bad as you think. And uh, I, that really just took me oh, out of it. I was like, what is going on? Is he, does he need an asthma pump? I don't understand what is like going he's on. Gargling marbles, you know. Yeah. Hold on a second. Uh, you know. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's better. Much better. Got my breath back. <laughs> what was I saying? Oh, you're you're garbage. Yeah. Uh, now, speaking of the Dark Knight movie, how, how do you feel? Uh, Christopher Nolan, he just came out with this movie, Tenet. He said that, uh, the what's his name? Washington, not Denzel, but his son. Uh, the guy who played in Tenet. He said that he would be a great John Stewart. Oh, listen, I, I can't wait. for John Stewart, to me, is the epitome of what a Green Lantern should be. Oh, I, yeah, definitely. I mean, just since the 80s, you know, um, he, listen, I, so this goes i i do like how jordan's cockiness but uh when you're talking about an international peacekeeping for excuse me intergalactic peacekeeping force oh yeah you, you're talking you want a like a, a military man with high morals in there and john stewart to me has always been perfect i i definitely think the latter seasons of the uh jlu the animated series did wonders for john stewart uh to I think I think to a whole generation of children that uh, and now probably adults that John Stewart is their Green Lantern and, and oh yeah 
I mean, uh, the the books do a great job with him. They they had relegated him to such a small role prior to uh, the animated movie. So I was, oh, excuse me, the animated show. So I was so glad when they included him. And I can't wait. I know they teased that little bit in the CW at the end with. Uh, I think uh, the, HBO is making a Green Lantern series. Do you think they're going to, I I don't think they're going to, they're not going to continue it off the CW, are they? I believe they are. I, well, I don't know if it's going to be like, it's going to be like multiverse. So it's probably, it's going to be like Stargirl maybe, you know, like okay. it's going to be part of that universe, but it's also right. not. You know, they, yeah. So they don't. They don't. I, I can't wait for a Star Girl season two. They're gonna bring one of my favorite characters in, uh, Johnny Thunder and uh, Thunderbolt. The no, uh, the, the old... thing I liked about Star Girl. Uh, now that we're talking about it, I was uh, I was noticing when they did the uh, the banners for all the po- posters. They the first couple people that they had, they had uh, they had their actual photos of the actual actors in their suits for the banners, and then there was two actors that hadn't been casted yet. So they used paintings by Alex Ross on a banner. Oh, no, I never noticed that. I'll have to check yeah, if that you out. Go back when she first walks into the Justice Society of America's uh, uh, like headquarters. Like right. if you notice the banner, it's Alex Ross painting. Like I can spot Alex Ross from like- Oh yeah, wall. sure. I think uh, I, I have an Alex Ross book up here. So yeah. Right here. Uh, I got one too. Oh, very cool. Yeah, yeah it's uh, Batman Lenticular. And yeah, it's- uh, no, this, was a, this one was a gift from my wife. She picked it up for me at- uh, comic-con i think two years ago alex ross is such a guy but i remember that like star girl i was just like is that that is they didn't right they did they did, they did. that's funny they did. okay yeah because, you know alex ross does such good work with the people right like, the facial structure and, and, shadows he's so good at it and he, he's a huge fan of justice society you know he did all those great covers uh for the books uh he, he's uh, i mean there's no one better to handle justice society than him oh yeah definitely but yeah, he did such a good job of uh, doing the. I think he made the pan- ban- banners for uh, for Star Trek. Yeah, I mean, I, I I would I I have yet, and this is something I discussed last night on my live stream that uh, I'm still waiting for some kind of adaptation of Kingdom Come, uh, whether it's an animated form. Uh, I would love a two part animated series, uh, animated film to come out of that. I've already got well, us started with the CW show. Like, Brandon yeah, Ralph, where are you, buddy? You know? Oh, he he looked amazing. He he was. One of the bright spots. I I feel he never really, in my opinion, got a fair chance as Superman. I think they trying to be a Christopher Reeve, right? And 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 nobody compared it to him. So, by the way, uh, if you go by that logic, if you go by Superman Returns, is a continuation of the Christopher Reeve movies that Brandon Routh is Christopher Reeve's character, Superman. Then we can assume that you know that universe. It now also exists within the CW because if Brandon Routh continues over there, yep. so that's that's a nice little tribute to uh, Christopher Reeve. But you're right; he was a Chris, Brandon Routh was a great Clark Kent. Um, they, I, I don't think they gave him his fair shot as Superman. There were some beautiful scenes in the movie, uh, but the movie itself boils down to you know Superman versus a giant rock, and uh, I don't think he punches a single person in the entire movie. Uh, you know, and as the actor of Superman, I'm sure he didn't have say in what happened, but yep. they, I don't think he got a fair chance. Uh, the only I, I scene don't... I remember, like fondly, there's two scenes. It was the scene where he was surrounded by kryptonite and he was like on the ground, and yeah. uh, Lex Luthor, you know, obviously was doing his thing. But another scene was when he first caught the airplane in the ba- baseball stadium. Yes, those are yeah. the only two scenes I really remember. As right. A kid. And I think he says uh, it's still the safest way to travel when he's talking about flying, which was a tribute to the original uh, uh, original movies where he said that as well. Superman yeah. said that as well. 
and I, another scene that I liked in that movie is when he is uh, he catches the runaway car. Uh, I, I forget the actress's name. Uh, it escapes me, but he catches the runaway car and he, and he lowers it down in the same manner that he did on the cover of Action Comics number one. Oh yeah, yeah. And that was a great homage. Love, I love homages in movies, especially Lovely. in superhero movies like that. Like, I really hope they do that for Spider Man someday. You know, they do like a Spider Man three hundred kind of deal or something. Right. You know, uh, you know what? People swinging through people a circle next... in a billboard or something. He yeah, just oh, that, that, what a great! Has I, the I had that. all over it. I had that book. I've I've lost that since, but I, I had that. I wish I still kept it. I would uh, love to see that. You know, he's you like know, he's trying to do like a cool trick for everybody, and he swings through a billboard that has the number three hundred on it or something. Right. And it, one of the zeros is a three hundred, and he just swings through one of the zeros. I'll take you know, it. Then I'll go homage, you know. And then I'll go. Oh, my, uh, look at that! Look, and, and then my wife will go. What are you talking about? Okay, Venom confirmed. Uh, Venom confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, uh, I love fan service. You know, a lot of people don't like that. Uh, am I frozen? Are you screen? Uh, yeah, you are frozen a little bit, but it's okay. Mm. But uh, the fan service. Uh, you're right. No, fan service is amazing because think about Avengers Endgame. That is literally three hours of fan service right and you know what i love it i love every second of it some people complain about that and uh i mean i i in in the end it's not necessarily the the highest form of writing but uh uh, i'm a fan i paid my ticket i want to see something that makes me happy makes me smile makes me laugh uh i want to see all that i don't mind uh put you know the stan lee cameos were egregious but beautiful at the same time you know they they were amazing so uh yeah, like the boys, they did a really good job. Like, I feel like there's a difference between pleasing fans and fan service. Pleasing fans is giving them what they want, right? As for fan service, is giving them what they want but making it feel forced. And I talked about oh. when I talked about the boys, but there was a scene in Avengers Endgame when all the girls got together, and you know how they had that little scene together to save Spider Man. You know, like, like I won't lie, it was a good scene. It was yes. great. That, that the women have their that have the heroes that they can look up to, but it felt forced, you know, like, no, like are they uh, all in the same spot of a battlefield. Right. Uh, you know, it, it wouldn't have been as forced. Uh, I mean, it, it absolutely. I completely agree with you. hundred percent forced, but it wouldn't have been as bad if they didn't finish each other's sentences, which, <laughs> which really pushed it over the top. I think that was way too much. I don't want to spoil anything for the boys, but the boys do a very good job of showing female power. Okay? Oh, Okay. I'll have to check that out. For a show sure. called The Boys, it really focuses on the girls. That's good. Yeah, you know, it's good. Let them get their, uh, maybe maybe they'll uh, adjust the title in the latter seasons. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, like, Starlight will definitely be the star of somebody's show, so. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, is that, uh, she, this is, uh, I again, like I said, I haven't, I'm not as well versed in The Boys as I should be, nor the comic, nor the show. But, oh, okay. Uh Every time I see, uh, is, is she the uh, young lady in a white costume? Yes, that is her. My, my initial instinct every time I see her is like, oh, someone's cosplaying as She-Ra. Uh, that's always <laughs> my, because uh, that's, that's, that's the initial feeling I get when I look at that costume. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. But, I, I but, need to watch the new She-Ra series. I haven't gotten to that yet on Netflix. Yeah, I haven't watched it either. Um, but it, but it, I'm it told it's good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've heard, of, heard great things about it. It does look bright and colorful and it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, I, and I'm not much into Masters of the Universe. I've never really been into oh. that. I mean, the mo- the most I know about it is I read Thundercats versus uh, the Injustice Universe. Okay. And I also watched uh, what is it? I also watched uh, 
Oh, no, I read uh, Masters of the Multiverse, basically. Oh, that was that was jumping through different uh, universes. Right. That 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 would it, it, that was a great book. I'm sure it would have been uh, greater, you know, if you had that. Uh, I mean, to me, you know, seeing the Dolph Lundgren, uh, He-Man in there, and the cartoon, and even like a little handheld video game one in there it was fantastic. Right. I, I loved all of the Masters of the Multiverse. I thought that was super good. But that's yeah. really all I got on He-Man, so I got to watch She-Ra. I also have to get into Star Trek. You know, that's another thing. Oh, see, that's my fashion. Yeah. I have to get into. So. <clears throat> I, I'm well-versed in Star Wars, and I do wish you well when you watch you uh, review that series. But uh, even tonight, my wife and I have a date to watch uh, Star Trek Discovery. You know, that we, we're, we're big Trekkers here. We love it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, my uh, my dad told me that one of his old uh, friends is uh, she has like a whole bunch of old Star Trek books. My dad was like, "You like Star Trek, right?" I was like, "Why?" And he goes, "Oh, there's like a, a bunch of uh, my friend. She has like a bunch of old books from the '60s, and she was she needs to get rid of them." I was like, "I'll take them if I well, don't yeah. like them. I can just flip them for profit." I was gonna say, take them at least for the value of them. Yeah, that's what I, that was my first thought, and I was like, "Well, I want to get into Star Trek, so I think that's a great way to start." You know, and I, I like the, the comic books. Like um, there's a comic book where they actually take photos. I Well, you probably already know this, but for my viewers, there is a comic book where they actually take photos of the original show and they put like little bubbles over it. So it, it's not really drawn in art. It's just like Photoshopped mm. and it looks. Oh, actually, cool. I, d- I didn't know that. I got I to check that out. Oh yeah. It's very cool. I do like the Star Trek crossover. I, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for a good crossover. So I, I like the Star Trek X-Men. I like the Star Trek Green Lantern ones. That one was good. I read that one. Oh, those, those are so, those are straight up fun, you know? Uh, you know, when Spock puts on all the lantern rings, we, we you know we all freaked out. Right, right. I uh, I, 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 I'm a big Planet of the Apes fan, so they had a Planet of the Apes. Uh, oh, yeah, they did, didn't they? Yeah. Green Lantern one, right? That was pretty cool. I think my favorite, <laughs> what, what is your favorite crossover of all time? If you if you had to give up your, your favorite crossover of all time. Uh, I really enjoy the ninja turtles and batman um that is all all three of them or just like a certain one uh the first one and i really enjoyed the car i actually did not read the third one i read the first and second series i haven't read the third one have you seen the movie yes the 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 animated film was really good in fact actually uh um i i kept meaning to watch it then one day i was just so happy it turned up to be uh because obviously ninja turtles is a nickelodeon property so it it turned up on uh nickelodeon as i was flipping through i was so excited uh that I stumbled across it by accident. So, but the I, I love the animation. There's definitely scenes in that version that were cut out of. The, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, like I don't know if you got to see the end credit scene or not, but I loved it. Uh, no, I don't believe I did. There is an end credit scene. Yes. Oh, I gotta, I gotta check it out. I gotta watch it again. That's definitely worth a rewatch anyway. So I'll be sure to it, do yeah, that. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. The only thing I was kind of upset about about that movie was the uh, the fact that Greg Sipes wasn't Michelangelo, the guy. Uh, who, yeah, you know. Because usually, because he plays Beast Boy, you know, right. the guy who plays Beast Boy is also Michelangelo. So right. I was like, this is a DC property and it's a Nickelodeon property. Of course, they're going to have him as Michelangelo, you know? Yeah. You know, and I, I got to tell you, uh, I think they did a, what, they did a Teen Titans Go meets Ninja Turtles crossover once. And I think uh, he yes, voiced both on the did do a couple. Oh, yeah. No, they did Teen Titans meet Teen Titans Go. Teen yeah. Titans go to the movie. Like, yeah, no, Teen Titans is. Is definitely, and I just I was listening to the Talking Tunes podcast, but with Rob Rob Paulson, and he him and Greg Sipes were talking. Do you know how Gre- uh, Teen Titans Go actually came to be? Uh, it, not directly, but I'm gonna guess. Uh, I do know that they had though after Teen Titans ended, they had those Teen Titans shorts 
these like those small maybe one minute segments right and yes did that gain enough popularity to uh get its own show uh, no actually well oh, okay. before they those, my guess. those greg sipes the actor who played beast boy he was in australia yeah. doing a concert and he wrote a song called fade away which was featured oh, sure. in Teen titans go and he pretended like he was actually going to be singing. He's like, when we bring Teen Titans back, Beast Boy is going to sing this to Tara. And then he sang the song. And DC was like, why would you say this? And then, and then everybody freaked out. And they said that they got more letters than anybody for getting Teen Titans back. That's how Teen Titans Go started. Wow. But they started I actually with was... DC shorts. Yeah, they, started, they were like, okay, let's test this out a little bit. Let's test the waters. And then it, it did well. So they were like, okay, let's get Teen Titans Go. I was fortunate enough that last year at uh, New York Comic-Con, I met Greg Sipes and uh, I went nuts because, you know, uh, I, I, first of all, I mean, he's not a, he, he's a big time celebrity in our world, right? You know, uh, everything from the cartoons to uh, he was in Fast and the Furious. And uh, so, uh, you know, we approached him, we got his autograph and I, and my little guy, my fifth grader, absolutely was in love with that song, Fade Away. Yep. And I mentioned it to him uh, and without missing a beat, he broke into song and, yeah. <laughs> and sang it for my son, sang the whole song for my son. That's and crazy. Uh, uh, he was such a gentleman, such a good person. And uh, I've been following him on social media. And uh, actually, he's one of two, us, uh, I would say, two celebrities that I'm aware of that follow me. on. on... Yeah, he follows me as well on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, that's such pretty cool, nice right? Guy. Such a nice guy. The, my, other, my other claim to fame, my other celebrity fan is... Uh, uh hurricane shane helms i don't know if you know wrestling uh no nah, i'm not he, a big wrestling guy oh uh, he was banks is because of the mandalorian but that's really oh funny. sure right i know yeah, john was, cena is i've heard of him uh he, yeah he's yeah he's, he's good uh, so th- those are my two celebrities I, I may have more out there i just not, i'm not aware of him but uh yeah he was such a gentleman and such a pleasure uh yeah uh, that's something my kid will never forget. I, I posted a video of myself. I was just talking like this on the video and stuff. And he was like, oh, dude, that sounds exactly like me. So I was like, all wow. right. And then he followed me. <laughs> oh, man, you're not kidding. That does sound exactly like him. That is fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I try to do voice impressions. I, I, I do them all the time. Like, I grew up as a kid just watching TV shows. And I'm like, I got to learn this. I got to learn this voice. So Right. I had, I had to learn how to do Stitch for my kids. Or uh, Hanuman's family. There you go. That's a good one. But if That's you bring one. it down a couple octaves, it becomes John Jar Binks. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Well, yeah. we, we don't talk about John Jar 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 Binks. It's on his top of That's good. You're very, very talented. Thank you. So, like, if you, but your favorite crossover, you, <laughs> I don't know how we got off topic there. You said it was right. Batman Ninja Turtles, right? Yeah, that's a, that, I always say that's a sign of a good conversation where it, it ends so far from where it began and you can't. Right. You don't, uh, yeah, but my good. favorite crossover is definitely, I, I would say it's Tom Taylor's Power Rangers Justice League. Oh, sure. I just, did you ever read I that? I picked up issue one of that. Dude, it was very good. I love the story and it left us on a big cliffhanger, but but I'm not going to, I don't want to ruin it for anybody. Uh, I know, I, 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 like I said, I watched a few episodes. I know that you are a big Power Rangers fan love power rangers yeah. i grew up watching it so like when tom taylor is one of my favorite writers right now like i've read all of deceased i've read a lot of injustice i've read oh, the yeah. all new wolverine you know well, tom DC's taylor he, he's just a great writer and i love everything right. he does but uh uh when I found a, out he was writing a power ranger series that was actually one of the first series i started collecting like that was the, the justice league power ranger or power rangers in general power rangers in general but they kind of came out at the same time so okay I, yeah. I guess what was that? Uh, maybe the crossover design to push the book, you know? 
Yeah, it, 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 uh, you know what? They did a great job with right. Draken coming out and all that stuff. I don't know. Yeah. If you haven't read any of the Mighty Morphin stuff, I, I, I would recommend it. I Definitely check it out. This, Shattered uh, Grid. I, I, I would recommend reading Shattered Grid. And, and is that like the uh, evil version of themselves? Yeah, yeah. He has to fight an evil version. They made like a movie trailer on uh, on YouTube and everybody thought it was a movie. But uh, uh, Is that where somebody's sitting on a throne? Yes, that's uh, Tommy, Lord Draken. Oh, okay. That's Tommy from another dimension I'm... where he joined Rita instead of the Power Rangers. I, I do remember that. I do remember. I, I uh, remember taking the Shattered my, Grid I, event, and it was insane. Well, I, I I just picked up on. I'm not a I'm not a necessarily well versed in Power Rangers, but just when I hear Shattered, I think of Shattered Glass and uh, the Mirror Universe, all the different uh, names for parallel universes where good is bad and bad is good, kind of things. Uh, yeah, I love that, that stuff. It's basically Flashpoint, but with Power Rangers. It's probably the best yeah. way of putting it. So, okay. Yeah. So, don't. But what what's your favorite comic? Oh, that you know that boy. That depends on the day of the week. You know, that depends on the <laughs> right, mood. Right. You know, uh, I, in terms of books that I've always enjoyed, I, I do enjoy Batman books, but I really enjoy them best when the Bat family is involved. You know, every I do like the dynamics of Nightwing and Red Hood and uh, and Damien. I, I just think, and now you, you had Batgirl, spoiler, Batwoman all into the mix. I just think... Uh, you know, it's it's so cool when they are goal oriented, but yes. they're all they all want to get there in their own unique way. And I just love that kind of dichotomy and just the way they they juxtapose their different thoughts and opinions. But again, like at the end of the day, they want to save that princess who's been kidnapped. But but they all, you know, have their way of doing it. I just those are my favorite kind of stories. So uh, I, I don't know if you did you read Three Jokers? Oh, yes. Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. fantastic. Fantastic. I will, I, I will say, not only did I find the art fantastic, like I, I love again, right? Exactly, uh, and I'm glad you picked up because that that is a that family centered book, you know. And uh, between uh, Jason Todd and uh, Barbara and Bruce, uh, did such a great job of it. Uh, and I, I could read that. I think that's definitely going to be a, a seminal book for our time period. You know, that's going to be one of those books that people. Uh, talk about and review for a really really long time and yeah I, I feel like jeff johns he he just learned who alan moore was like you know doomsday clock comes out now this and, right and you know three jokers kind of ties back to killing joke if you think about it it does yeah it does with, uh, uh, but with I think the it, little girl in the family at the end right uh, and oh the, my and... god like i was like did jeff johns i was like i can't wait to see what he does for v for vendetta can't wait to see that <laughs> Uh, I I the art was great. Um, I, I'm sorry to say I, I always mess up his name. Uh, Jason. Uh, I I, yeah, I know it's Jason. I I I forgot his name as well. I, I see it in print. I haven't heard it pronounced yet, so I'm afraid to say it out loud. But uh, he he is fantastic. Uh, such a great artist. But I do like how uh, it did focus on the Bat Family. I do like how it confirmed that. Oh, well, I don't know if I could. Just, am I allowed to? Like, yeah, go for it. I, I love that it confirmed that uh, the Joker really has known who Batman is. He just doesn't give a crap. Yeah. You know, uh, it, 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 I mean, he's not interested in Bruce. He's not interested in Jason or Barbara. He's interested in Nightwing and Red Hood and Batgirl and Batman. That's who he's interested in. And right. I just think that, that that was something that people had suspected for a long time. And that book just 
kind of gave confirmation to it. And you still don't really understand the motives. You, you don't understand. You're not sure which of the three Jokers was the original one, who came up with the plan. You're not sure who the Joker is at the end. And I just still love that ambiguity of the Joker. I think my, me per, who, like if you were to guess who the original was, who would you think it is? I would have gone with that kind of the gangster one. That's uh, exactly the, what I thought too. He, right. he just looked the oldest, you know? Yeah. And he, he reminded me of, uh, I mean, there were some panel for panel shots that reminded me of the 40s co uh, comics. Uh, you know, there was a scene where he's sitting with his hands uh, almost like in a praying position. And uh, that's uh, such an indicative of, yeah, right, of like the Joker's first appearance. Uh, so uh, I would have gone with him. But the book, you know, I mean, that's what I think. Uh, that's not what the book said. The book doesn't really say anything on the topic. As far as we know, those are um, also uh, people that were designed to, you know, uh, whatever was going on in the book. I'm not sure if I could explain it properly where Joker was making other Jokers. Uh, who, who knows? You know, I, I do like that. Uh, you know, I, I, when, when you take some of the mystery away of these characters, you take away um, the, the, what makes them interesting. Okay. Well, we are almost out of time. We're almost up to an hour. So before we leave, I was thinking maybe you and I, we could talk about if we were to make a movie, like if we got the chance to make a movie about any hero or any superhero team, what team would you pick and why? I would pick. Now I'm going to go with a small duo. Is that okay? Go for it. I'm going with Blue Gold. Oh, excuse me. Wow. Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. Yeah, I would love uh, to see that. What would I that think, what, why those two? Uh, I just think that uh, uh, the, we've had uh, uh, with Ant-Man, you had a heist movie. With Avengers, you always have these world on the line movies. I would love to see like a buddy cop superhero movie. And I, I think the two of them would be fantastic. Uh, the, the American public, the general public has no idea who these guys are. Yeah. So it gives you some playing room where you could uh, shoot around and, and, and kind of warp some of the ideas, you know. And I'd be okay with it because I don't like direct adaptations you know the movies are different they require a different set of writing different set of yeah. skills go for it have fun with these two characters but keep it light keep it fun and just a cool buddy cop movie where the world isn't on the line maybe make it like a, a kind of time travel incident where they have to fix something i i don't know but uh something light and something fun buddy cop booster gold blue beetle blue beetle is the the all-star cop and you know he needs a new partner and he has to right. like this guy you know, like, yeah. you know i can't work with you i can't work with you you're a rebel you're gonna be you know. best friends right yeah 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 i'd love to see right. that me personally would also be a dc franchise but it would not it would be like a it'd be like the joker movie it wouldn't be tied to the dceu it'd be jason momoa i would cast jason momoa as lobo oh yeah you know, I, I would I love to see Lobo driving around in space, you know, on a, on his space motorcycle, listening to Motley Crue all day, listening to Kiss, just right. old 80s bands, you know, just rocking out. I feel like I, that would just be a fun movie. I, I think if Marvel had success with Dead, uh, Deadpool, then DC should have success with Lobo. Just a foul mouth, you know, drunken, fighting, hunting, killing. I think guy, Jason you know. Momoa would be perfect for that i know he's aquaman but still, right. I, I, i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna give my movie a pg-13 rating i'm gonna give lobo a, a hard r rating by the way who would you uh, cast for a booster gold and uh and blue beetle oh wow that's great that's a great question you know um i think blue i see 
Watchmen has ruined me. So whenever I think of Owl Man, I think of Blue Beetle, and so uh, oh my gosh, his name escapes me. He was in he was Orm in uh, in Aquaman too. In Aquaman, uh, yeah. I, oh my gosh, I, I, he's such a good uh, Patrick. Patrick, yeah. Wilson, Patrick Wilson, possibly. Yes. Uh, he was great in the Alamo. I love them in that. Uh, but he would, be a, yeah. he would be a great Blue Beetle. And uh, for Booster Gold, I, I do like the guy that's on Titans. And you have to forgive me. I don't know his name either. Guy who played Hawk. And I think they just cast him as somebody else. Uh, yeah, he played Raphael in Ninja Turtles, right? That guy? Yes, yes. He, he's got that square square jaw. He's, he's huge. I was thinking somebody like Zac Efron or something. Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that I know. Guy. Every time I mention Zac Efron as a superhero, everybody always does that. Yeah. <laughs> Little, too, little. Uh, I picture Booster Gold as being kind of someone who's uh, like well built, good. You know, uh, and not to say that Zach Garfron isn't good looking. Right, but, I, was uh, about to say, I was like, are you sure? Yeah, but uh, you know, just uh, I'm picturing big, big guy, a big guy as uh, not, not, not uh, John Cena level big, but yeah. big. You know, I, I yeah, fun. no, like if I were to cast, uh, there's only two characters I really think that Zach Efron would be able to play, and that is uh, the Human Torch. Or the, uh, or uh, who, Kyle Kyle Rayner is that? Sure. Oh yeah, he would be a good Kyle Rayner. Yeah, I think he'd be a great Kyle Rayner. Right. Well, I appreciate you coming on, Tom. Is there any place that we can find you on the internet? To- uh, I am on uh, TikTok and Instagram at Cosmic Comic History. Uh, I I'm on Facebook as well, but I really don't uh, uh, travel to that realm too often anymore. I don't think a lot of people do. So uh, you can definitely find me on TikTok and Instagram at Cosmic Comic History. I also have a weekly segment on a uh, uh, show called Comic Book Canon on YouTube. Uh, I, my segment is called The Cosmic Minute. It's about, uh, well, it's about a minute long. And it, that airs every Friday night on Comic Book Canon. All right. And if you guys like this podcast, you can follow me on Instagram at Comic Comedy Podcast. And if you guys want to like follow me in my personal life, I'm usually on TikTok most of the time at Shuby Dubert. And is there anything else you'd like to say before we leave, Tom? I just hope everyone stays well. I uh, hope everybody's safe. And I hope you're all enjoying yourself. All right. Wash your hands, wear a mask. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Thank you so much, Tom, for being on. I appreciate it.